Good morning. Would you please stand and sing with us? God, we're so thankful for this day and grateful for this opportunity to be here together and worship you. And today, Lord, as we worship you in the service and song, will you pray that you would help us to remember that you are the true and one and only reason for this season, dear Lord. So open our hearts and our minds today and let us focus on the message and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen.
Please turn and greet one another. Merry Christmas. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the pastor here. We're so grateful that you joined us in worship today. If you came here with family, we're grateful that you came. If you came here because you're normally out of town, you're back in town, we're grateful that you came. If you came to check out our church, we're grateful that you came. If you come here 51 times a year, all sorts of different services, we're glad you came. We're glad that you are here and we're going to move through um, some critical announcements that we have very quickly uh, so that we can celebrate this amazing story in this service. We like to frame our announcements in the five practices of fruitful congregations. We do our very best to live these out. Sometimes we get it right, sometimes we don't, but we continue to strive. The first of which is radical hospitality. I want to point out a couple of things to you. Um, we have restrooms here. I hope you saw the coffee and donuts and hot chocolate there. We have um, rocking chairs now um, from Cracker Barrel. If you're a parent and your child's a little wiggly, if it's tough to get them to go to sleep, we've got rocking chairs back there. If we have no parents that want that, and you would like to sit in a rocking chair in worship, you are welcome to do that. If you see a parent coming, get up and let them sit there. We're grateful that um, we've got the bleachers here. Thank you all for sitting there to give us more seating. We, our latest thought is to run a piece of paper the length of all three of those tables and put crayons on those tables uh, so your children can color or your husband can color if he'd like to color during the worship service. Look out for that and we'll point it out um, next time. Um, I want you to hit escape, Addison. I'm going to show you all something critical. I pointed this out last week. This is what the header of our email looks like. If you say what email, I want you to email Leslie in our office, Leslie at memorialgreer.com. She'll put you on the regular email. There's a couple of critical things remaining. Um, you can click on the uh, click here for the bulletin for Sunday is always there. The 2018 volunteer survey is here through the end of January. This is just giving you a chance to express your interest in all sorts of volunteer opportunities in our church. And the 2018 pledge, uh, you can do that digitally there. Certainly don't have to. We've got cards here just like we always have. And you're welcome to do that. Um, we have them on the back table. Um, but if you would like to fill it out and be done, uh, you, can click it, you can click there for it. The, th the newest thing in the email is in the blue headline is church directory. If you click on church directory, you get legitimately a digital church directory. And um, the arrow to the right of one out of 30, there's 30 pages down one, yep. If you click that, you can go through our directory. Um, the upside of this digital version is we can update it all we want. And it will be updated in your version. So if you pull it up on any device, the latest information will be there. I've got an announcement about that that's critical as well. If you missed pictures in the directory for any reason, one of those reasons was our mistake. We had a folder of pictures that we took a great a long time ago just after we did the um, directory photo company pictures. We can't find it. And we didn't know we couldn't find it until we put the final draft out there. So if you have, for any reason, would like to... Not for any reason. If you're in there, you're in there. Um, if you say, you know, I didn't really like that jacket. 
not a reason. If you're not in the directory for any reason, we will take a picture in January uh, for several Sundays and we will get those in that digital version. We fought a war against contact information. It was a war because you move and you change your phones and you do all sorts of stuff and you get married, you gotta tell us. If you tell us, it'll be right. I promise, especially in that digital version. For those of you who are not going to access the digital version, periodically we're going to print out another page and put those holes in it that you have, and we'll hand those out to people that want them, and you can update your um, actual in-your-hand directory. Last thing about photos today, we have a photo booth, as we do on a number of fun Sundays. It's in the social hall, which is the building between here and the sanctuary, and it's a wooden backdrop like it... Um, um, uh, the ice cream place downtown. What's the name of the ice cream place downtown? Abbott's. Abbott's. And it gives you a chance with a uh, chalkboard that says Merry Christmas. It gives you a chance to take a nice Christmas picture. If you put that on social media, if you'll just reference Memorial UMC. We believe in passionate worship. Um, announcement today, we have a 5.30 p.m. Christmas Eve service. This bulletin is for both services. So if you would, if you don't need it, I wish you would put it down on the black table back there. We'll use this bulletin in our 5.30 p.m. service as well. It gives us um, as many as possible um, for that. We're going to serve communion tonight. It's going to be served differently based on the day and based on how many people will be there you'll just need to pay attention there's going to be stations in the front and in the back and we'll even have two people go to the balcony um, the stepping stones class is going to provide communion and if you are part of that crowd that has volunteered if you can stay after worship for five minutes today I will walk you through that. We believe in intentional faith development. And um, while we're taking a break from that, just as school is taking a break, we've got great things coming in January. I encourage you to pay attention to the bulletin and to the newsletter uh, for those things. We believe in risk-taking mission and service. Um, if you have a uh, great coat, a lot of you have brought coats of all different sorts of sizes. If you will bring them, we'll get them to someone. Doesn't matter if it's this big, doesn't matter if it's this big. It's actually great to have a great variance. It's just got to be a great coat. If you bring it, we'll get it to someone. We believe in extravagant generosity. Normally we have a section in the bulletin telling us exactly where we stand. We did a simplified bulletin for this week and this day. You'll see both of those next week. It's been an incredibly generous year in a number of different ways, and I want to thank you for that. Those people who pledged for this year have done a great job. Our unpledged budget is more than a fifth of what we've given. Those of you who don't practice pledging, but give, we're grateful for your generosity. Thank you. Um, we've been able to do every single thing that we wanted to do in 17, and we're off to a tremendous start in 2018. Uh, and I want to say thank you. That has plenty. I uh, hope you uh, uh, took all that in. Um, if you want any uh, treats or snacks, they're over there. And if you want a rocking chair, it's in the back. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for this space in which we can gather. We thank you for those who dedicated themselves to making this service special. We thank you for safe travel to Greer for so many family members, and for the opportunity to worship together. In this busy, busy season with lots of things swirling in our minds, we ask that you give us one thing in this worship service, and that's focus. Give us focus, Lord, to hear an amazing story that you would have us to hear that we may be inspired for this season. It's in your Son's holy name we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. It's now time to light our next Advent candle, and we thank the maze for joining us. We have a unique day today in that Christmas Eve is on a Sunday. So months ago we decided to celebrate the fourth Sunday of Advent and its scripture passages at the 10 a.m. service and Christmas Eve scripture passages and all the things for that at the 5.30 p.m. service. So we'll light the purple candle this morning and the white candle tonight. 
I will sing of your steadfast love, O Lord, forever. With my mouth, I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to my servant David, I will establish your descendants forever and build your throne for all generations. New life is coming. You can count it in our days. God is breaking through. God's change the world. We will all be changed by the language of love. The love of our God is never ending. Today we light the candle of love. We give thanks for God's steadfast love. We have a unique opportunity today. Don't typically have people join on Christmas Eve. We didn't. We don't typically have a celebration of life in the in the week before Christmas, uh, as we have with Miss Carm this week, but. The service with Miss Carm was so beautiful. The space was so beautiful. The people's words and participation was so beautiful. And it's, uh, it's a great time to have that. And it's also a great time to have this family uh, join our church. I'll ask the Vanderslices to stand up. The Vanderslices are coming to us for, uh, and come out. Simon says stand up and come out. <laughs> James, Cheryl, Emma, and Palmer come from Covenant United Methodist, although they've worshipped here for a good while, mostly about the time that I've been here. Um, but as they come from another United Methodist Church, the questions that we ask them are rather simple. Let's go to the slide. As members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? Members of the household of God, I commend this family to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love as members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Now if we stay right there, that's what I love. And I say it to you every time. It's what I love about United Methodist Liturgy. The people in the congregation participate and renew their covenant. That last one is fairly new. It's come in my time and witness. I'm going to tell people about it. Sometimes it's words. Most times, it's your actions before you ever say a thing. Before you ever say anything in the neighborhood of anything about Jesus. People see your actions. People see your words. And we all are renewing our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church. We're grateful for y'all. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Y'all can have a seat. <laughs> So I had a tough choice in picking the scripture because I thought there may be a fair number of people that come to the 10 a.m. service that are not going to the 5.30 service and they want to hear about a baby. I thought there may be a fair number of people who come to both the 10 and the 5.30 and if I talk about a baby in this service and talk about a baby in that service at 5.30 you'll go, yeah, we heard this story. It's this morning. I made the choice to focus almost exclusively on the fourth Sunday of Advent and an amazing story that I think um, uh, really, really conveys the message of God to us. And it's the story of Mary and Elizabeth. The first thing we're going to talk about is rebellion. When someone has to rebel, there's an overarching force that is far too powerful 
It's done something to harm people beyond what anyone should ever do. And it's going to take great care, great risk, um, great bravery to succeed. Let's look at um, three distinct versions of that. This is George Washington crossing the Delaware. And, you know, I've looked at that painting a bunch of times. I've never noticed till I was preparing for today how many boats are out from him who are also crossing the Delaware. This is a revolutionary war force in really dark times for them. Maybe they're not going to make it. Taking an enormous risk to go across and surprise the enemy. They are literally pushing ice out of the way with their oars so that they can potentially get across. And there were three different groups of people doing it. Only one group made it. They took tremendous risks to set apart something that was going to happen and set something in motion. Let's look at the next one. Oh, and that was Christmas Day. They did that on Christmas Day across the Delaware. Next one. This is Ray and BB-8. Coming out Christmas season. No, I have not seen it. No, I have not seen it. No, I don't want to hear about it. No, don't tell me anything about it. Okay? La, 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 la. We're going to see it soon. Ray and BB-8 are very vulnerable and are thrown into a position where they've got to stand up against an enemy that has everything and wants them to have nothing. Total control is what the enemy wants and the rebellion of these two is extremely fragile but extremely significant. Let's look at the last one. Mary and Elizabeth. Completely excited about new life. Completely excited about the expansion of their family. Completely excited about the opportunity to serve. And you'll notice there aren't any weapons. There aren't any cannons. There aren't any tanks. There's only two women. One quite young Young enough that it's quite dangerous that she's going to have a baby. And the fact that she's not married is dangerous that she's going to have a baby. It literally threatens her very life. The other, on the far end of the spectrum, on the age bracket, also threatening her life. But both of them excited and willing to have a child that will be revolutionary. And that rebellion takes bravery... It came from simple people. It came from dedicated people. And it placed them in very vulnerable positions. And we think about the love and the warmth and the barn and the cow looking over. It's a dangerous thing, what this was. It's a dangerous, dangerous time and message. Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 39. Mary got up and hurried to a city in the Judean highlands. She entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she blurted out, God has blessed you above all women, and He has blessed the child you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises He made to her. So your first um, phrase, hurried, leaped, and jumped. What's the most amazing news that you've shared in the last year? What's the excitement in your voice as you share it? Who are the people that you desperately want to tell? Who are the people that are willing to listen through your good news without wanting to share their good news? That's a handful of people, isn't it? A handful of people that will truly listen and sit back relaxed with nowhere to be who will hear your good news and rejoice over it. She's hurrying to get there. The baby leaped in the womb and jumped. This is news. This is a connection. This is great joy. 
between two people who would not normally have been connected outside of really large family gatherings are now deeply connected in this covenant and commitment that they have with one another. And your next phrase is, why do I have this honor? That's such an amazing question by Elizabeth, isn't it? See, a lot of times when we're asked to do something, it can feel like a burden. Right? You immediately think, well, wait, what's the time commitment on this? And what's the stuff that I already have going on? What's the risk in doing this? Am I skilled or trained for this task or this position? But she said, why am I given this honor that this amazing child would come to me? That I would have this amazing opportunity? That attitude could inspire us all. And I'm not saying to you, you know what, ministers really get this attitude because we talk about scripture all the time. It's you people that struggle, that need to step up. You know who some of the worst are? Ministers. Ministers are some of the worst because we're uh, like firefighters in that the phone could ring at any time. And you don't know what that phone call is going to be. You don't know what you're going to be doing. And so any commitment that is above the commitment that you currently have feels like a thing that you could be doing as the phone goes off. And you think, she said, how am I given this amazing opportunity that you, a teenage girl, the mother of Jesus, would come to visit me? Two of the most important figures in human history. These two. Now you can make a case that John the Baptist and Jesus are top five humans on earth ever because of what they did to draw people to hear the word of God and the significance and the sacrifices that they made. There's not a Jesus and there's not a John the Baptist if these two women don't say, I'm willing to do it. Not, I'm willing to have a baby. I'm willing to risk my very life. At this moment in my life, whether it's the beginning or much further along for these two, I'm willing to risk my very life and become vulnerable in every way so that this message can go forward. They both said yes. Verse 46. Mary said, with all my heart I glorify the Lord. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God my Savior. He has looked with favor on the low status of his servant. Look, from now on everyone will consider me highly favored. Because the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. This is why it's rebellious. The song that she sings. The word that she proclaims. And that phrase, everyone will consider me highly favored. Do you know the cutoff for a woman who's going to have a baby? What, when she can travel? What's the cutoff of like flying a plane? Is it like seven months? Eight months? How about donkey? How late in the pregnancy can you ride a donkey? Has anyone heard that? The emperor, or Caesar, whatever the word, says, you know what, our tax records aren't quite up to date. We're going to get everybody to travel home right now. I don't care what's going on in their life. I don't care what struggles they have. Get them there. Let's get their best information so that we can tax them to the maximum amount. And she had to get on a donkey in month, is that me? In month nine. Month nine. Donkey. Traveling. Baby. Would you consider that highly favored? <laughs> I remember vividly how different the hospital rooms were with our first child and our second child. I think the um, uh, hospital staff has limited rooms for moms who are having babies and they really take care of those first time moms. 
And those second-time moms, they say, look, we got a room over here. We need you to figure it out because we've got to get these first-time moms in this space. There's only so much room, especially if the, um, depending on the season. She has to ride a donkey away from home. She would not be considered highly favored. She's not yet married and would need to be protected to not be punished by her community. She's not highly favored. But it's a belief. It's an attitude. It's a well that is deep within her, regardless of her circumstances, that she considers herself called and favored. And that's the next phrase. The depths. She says, in the depths of who I am. Normally when we talk about the depths and we're talking about a person, we're talking about the lowest thing possible. The lowest feeling possible. Psalm 130 says, out of the depths I cry to you, Lord, that you would hear me. This is a different depth. This is a well of life deep within her where she's saying, out of my very being and spirit, I believe I am called to do this thing. Regardless of the circumstances. Regardless of what happens to me. It's a source of life and strength. Her depths. This is a... Um, uh, interesting thing portraits of Mary that are at this amazing church in Israel called the Church of the Annunciation this church built in uh, late 60s early 70s wrote to several nations Christians in those nations and said we want you to make a mosaic of Mary and ship it to us and we will put it up in this church that completely celebrates the life of Mary so I'm going to show you a couple of pictures. This is the outside of the Church of the Annunciation. And there's two levels to it. There's an amazing, beautiful level up above of a church of which the next picture is. That's the inside. And then there's a lower level below this one that is supposedly built directly above her childhood home. So it's entirely different over there because there's only so much space and they celebrate amazing spots by building churches on top of them. And in that space and all around the exterior are these versions of Mary's by different churches. And I think it uh, could really speak to us today. Let's look at one from Korea. This has almost a pond feel. Beautiful um, pond, a deep well of water. And it's as simple as could possibly be. The mother is simple. The son is simple. And they're in their traditional garb. That's from Korea. Let's look at the next one. This is from the Ukraine. And again, the children and the adults are in their particular garb. And it's got the Orthodox Church in the back. And look how ornate... Mary and Jesus are completely royal garb and it's gold they are completely set apart from the people that's Ukraine let's look at the next one totally different this is the Philippines this is a Mary who's out in the fields just simple out in the fields uh, with her baby uh, and an angel and a dove there um uh, amongst the crop. Let's look at the next one. This is from the Vatican. And uh, it's darker. It's like it's at night and it's got the vision of her being visited by the angel. And what do you see that wasn't in the other ones? A Pope. Making sure that everyone understands how significant the Pope is in the life of their faith. Is there one more? Uh, yeah. This is Nazareth. This is where the church actually is. Look how simple it is. The color is actually fairly drab, but for the light that's coming out of it. Let's go back um, all the way to the beginning and see, oh, just right there, yeah. Go one more. Look at them one more time. I want you to see which one appeals to you the most. This is the Korean one. Has sort of a feel of a pond. 
The next one is the Ukraine and has uh, the Orthodox Church and her set apart in that classic can uh, that you'll see um, in that artwork. The next one is the Philippines is farming agriculture. The next one is the Vatican has the Pope in the city. And the last one is Nazareth. Whichever one appeals to you most, there's a message that I wanted to convey to you and it's the next phrase. People see themselves in the picture. When people were asked to portray Mary and this call that she had on her life, they put their situation in her call. The way they dress, the way that they live, the way that they believe. This is interesting. Because if we take it seriously enough, we need to consider the fact that we've got to be brave. We've got to be simple. We've got to be dedicated, which we can do all those three in short order, I think, if you've got um, uh, great leaders. But this last one, we've got to be vulnerable. We've got to be vulnerable because that's what it took for this message to be proclaimed. Verse 50. He shows mercy to everyone from one generation to the next who honors him as God. He has shown strength with his arm. He scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering his mercy just as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants forever. This is a rebellious poem, a rebellious song. This is a person saying, a new thing is coming. And this is your last phrase of the morning. The rebellion is against human authority. So we think um, we've got to rise up against something else out there. We make something else out there the enemy. Then we gather a bunch of hatred about that enemy and we say we've got to do something about them. We have every bit of part in it. Every bit of part of impeding this message. That rebellion against human authority is not a new thing. Humans, since there have been humans, have been given authority by God to care for their loved ones, to care for those surrounding them. And humans, since there have been humans, have cornered off different parts and said some people are significant and some people are not. Some people are included and some people are not. And God, since there has been a God and humans, has sent someone who is entirely vulnerable, who didn't have the resources to challenge the most powerful entities on earth. See, Mary's a nobody. From nowhere. With nothing. Nothing. The Roman government occupies her country. They have their thumb on her political leaders. Her political leaders have their thumb on their religious leaders. Her religious leaders have their thumb on her people who are powerful in the community. And her people who are powerful in their community have their thumb on people like her who are nobody. And that's who God goes to? That far down the food chain is how far God goes to bring a new revolutionary thing to rebel against human authority. That's fascinating. And it's an important lesson for all of us to understand that every single one of us can be part of this rebellion against people who harm other humans and exclude people from God. And every single one of us can be part of the authority that pushes people down and excludes people out. Every day, we have that chance to participate one way or another. This rebellion from God through an infant is shared with us and it has lasted all the way to 2017. 
when it was the smallest possible thing in that moment. So I hope as you hear songs this season, as you come tonight, as you hear the story, as you understand an infant was born and that it was cute and cuddly and majestic and they did have the farm animals around potentially, the number one message is God is rebelling against those authorities who would push people out. And God is doing radical, radical things to include people into God's family. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll stand and join me as you're able for our modern affirmation of faith. This is something that we believe. It's something that we try to practice. If it's something that new to you, that's new to you, you can simply listen. Or you can participate as well if you like. We believe in God the Father. Infinite in wisdom, power, and love. Whose mercy is over all His works and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. May be a present reality here on earth. Not a kingdom in which we're just holding, hoping to run out of the clock here in our human life and then get to heaven. A present reality here on earth, welcoming, including, and inspiring others. It's now time for our offering. If you would like to give as the plate goes by, you certainly can. If you would like to give online, we have that ability. And you can do that anytime this week. If you would like to rely on the generosity of our um, members here, please do. Um, they're very generous and you can take your time before you give to us. For a miracle, the heart longs for a little bit of hope. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. A child prays for peace on earth, and she's calling now from the sea of her.
would you stand and sing this last one with us? Good job. <laughs>
stepping stones. If you're helping out tonight, if you'll hang around for a couple minutes. If y'all want to take a lovely picture in the social hall, you just go out there and take you uh, three seconds to take a great picture and put it on social media. Go in peace. We hope to see you tonight to tell this amazing story. May the grace of God, the love of Jesus Christ, the power and presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. Is there Merry Christmas.